Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. I'm Art Regner. This is episode 82, and this is kind of an impromptu episode. Uh, on Saturday, August 25th, we uh, spent time at uh, Joey Coaster's Celebrity Softball Tournament. Uh, located at Duck Lakes Pine Park in Highland, Michigan. It was his 10th annual, and uh, we did a lot of Facebook Live interviews and talked to uh, several of the participants, uh, former Red Wings, Red Wings celebrities, you name it. We had a, an all-star cast, and there were actually three of the interviews that we did that we decided to uh, put together as a podcast uh, with Red Wing head coach Jeff Blaschel, Assistant to the general manager and former Red Wing, four-time Stanley Cup champion Chris Draper, and Red Wing legendary broadcaster Mickey Redmond. Uh, they were really uh, uh, very, how shall I say this, they were just spot-on interviews. They were really honest. We addressed the uh, possibility of some of the Red Wings uh, uh, making the team, such as Philip Zadina, uh, Michael Rasmussen, and uh, Philip Aronik, and uh, talked about the status of Red Wing captain Henrik Zetterberg, whether he will play again for the Red Wings or not. So I hope you enjoy him. We begin with uh, the head coach of the Red Wings, Jeff Blaschel. Let's listen to Coach Blash. Everybody, Art Regner again. We're here at the Joe Coaster Celebrity uh, Softball event at uh, Duck Lakes Pine Park, and this guy needs no introduction because it's Jeff Blash, head coach of Detroit Red Wings. Jeff, you're all set, you're ready to go, you got your uniform on, I know you're playing in this, but this is a big weekend as far as charity events here in Detroit. Uh, not only Joey's thing, which is his 10th annual, but tomorrow at the USA uh, Hockey Arena uh, in Plymouth, uh, the Stars and Stripe game for Jim Johansson. Uh, a lot of Red Wing participation, you're one of the coaches. Uh, I know you're from Michigan. I mean, this area just loves to give, even though this is a national event tomorrow with players, American players from all over the NHL coming in. Well, two great events. You know, first of all, this event, Joe's done an unreal job. Uh, it's, it's been awesome to, to see as the years I've been the head coach. He brings in great people. We have lots of fun. But what a great event, great cause. Um, I think, you know, the respect I have for Joe and what he does in the community is tremendous. And so I really enjoyed coming to this. And then uh, the, the game tomorrow will be special. I think uh, it's a pretty special tribute to the impact that Jim Johansson had on people. And, and to see the, the names of the players coming back, uh, guys don't take time out of their, their busy summers, and especially at this stage of the late training, uh, without having a, a, a real fond uh, memory and, 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 and know that the impact that Jim Johansson had on them personally, and, and that, that's the same with me. Now, it's easy for me because I live right there, but uh, you know I would have traveled across the country to go to, to, go to this game tomorrow. Uh, just a real important thing. And the thing that's interesting about this is, although he's pretty modest about it, but Dylan Larkin was instrumental in getting this together. And I can remember a game after New Jersey, in New Jersey, when Jim had passed suddenly, and he said, uh, uh, Dylan, everyone thought his post-game interview was over, and he said, I have something to say about Jim Johansson. So uh, what? I guess that's what the Red Wing organization sees in him. I mean, not only is he a terrific hockey player, but he is a leader, he's thoughtful, and he really wanted to do something for Jim and his family. Well, I think he's a natural leader. You know, he's been uh, an assistant captain for me for both world championship teams as a younger player uh, to much older players. And uh, he grabbed a hold of this, and, and uh, Jimmy's brother, John, was over uh, overseas, and I know they had got chatting about it a little bit. And, uh, and, and but, but it's easy to talk about things. Most people just talk. They don't then and go put it to fruition. And he went 
and got it done and it's not easy it's a lot of phone calls it's a lot of work uh, and he was able to get all that done it's really been amazing to be honest with you that a 22 year old when you think about it a 22 year old young man uh, has put a game of this magnitude together was able to attract the stars that he was able to attract it's a really cool thing and speaks to his leadership what do you do sir that's for you there you go thank you very much i appreciate it what, what, what delivered? I don't know. We'll see. Or a slider. It's exactly. one of the three. Exactly. Jeff's going to enjoy a meal here in a second, so I won't keep him much longer. But uh, what I find interesting about it, now you're one of the coaches tomorrow. I know the game is sold out. There's a, You're going to be signing autographs before the game, you and the coaching staff, including uh, former Wings assistant head coach at Wisconsin now, Tony Granato. Uh, uh, how do you coach an all-star team? Or is this just more for fun? Or do you think it's going to get a little competitive out there? I actually think it might get competitive because the guys are starting to really uh, grind into their into their their readiness for the year. But it, but it, you don't coach this. Uh, this will be for us much more for fun, and uh, we'll probably have a good sauna before the game in, in memory of JJ. That was one of his favorite things. We did that together uh, when I was overseas with him, and and then we'll just get ready and, and, and watch usually like everybody else. We'll just have great seats to be honest with you to watch these great talents. All right, uh, finally I have to ask you a little bit about the season. I know it's it's going to be here before we know it. Um, uh, prospects tournament. Now, do you go up for that? Will you be up there just watching or are you back in Detroit because the guys are starting to come together a little bit? No, I generally go up and, and I will again. I'll go up for the uh, the Friday and Saturday game. I'll come back. I'll attend Ted Lindsay's golf outing he has for uh, to benefit autism on Monday and then if they're, if the team's playing in a game I can get to on Tuesday, I'll drive up Tuesday, watch that, stay Wednesday and get ready for camp Thursday. It's a more important prospects tournament uh, for me than it probably has been in the past because of the number of players that have an, ap an absolute opportunity to make our team this year. And so Rasmussen's playing and Zadina's playing and Chalowski's playing it, just to name a couple. So when you see that, it's not just observing for the future, it's really starting to get a first look at them as we head into camp. You know, you said something when we, you're on the Red and White Authority podcast about, you know, the old expression, tie goes to the runner, tie goes to the veteran maybe in camp. This year, a little different. Time might go to the youngster. I mean, is it, I mean, the Red Wings are fully committed to always putting the best team on the ice. But, I mean, at this point, if a, if a young kid is ready, he's ready, he's going to play. Yeah, and I think part of that's the, the un unknowns. You know, sometimes the knowns are, are real important. You, you know what certain guys get, and that's why they get the benefit of the doubt. But our knowns as a group haven't been good enough. You know, we've had two years in a row where we haven't been good enough, and we want to be better. And so, uh, as I said to our guys uh, in late June, uh, yeah, every guy has to make sure they find a way to make themselves better this summer, not just get ready for camp, but be better. And if they haven't gotten better, there's other guys sitting there waiting to, to steal jobs. Now, you can't just be given a job. you got to take a job. Uh, otherwise, it doesn't advance the program. If all you're doing is giving jobs, uh, but you didn't earn it and, and, and you don't have it because you're better than the next guy, it doesn't advance the team. We're looking for guys that are going to advance our team to the next level, whether that's current guys that have taken steps or whether that's new guys. So we'll, we'll give an open look to everybody. It should be highly competitive and we'll see which guys take jobs all right i promise two questions uh first uh, two more uh first with uh, uh looking zadina very impressive uh i freaked out honestly in dallas when you when he dropped the six i thought no way would a team that was ahead of you and i don't want to disparage any team ahead of you i, I couldn't believe they passed on him but they did you get him he comes to development camp he scores the game winner in overtime in the the Howell Lindsay game, and then you know the, the shootout, which you always do at the end of development camp at the game. I mean, he just looks like a true marksman. Is that an accurate assessment? And quite frankly, that's kind of what the Red Wings need right now. 
Well, it's certainly what you need, and, and he looks like a guy that can really score, and he looks like those goals are transferable goals. Some guys score goals at, at, at uh, lower levels, but, but against the big, uh, great goalies in the NHL, uh, they're not able to have the same success. Uh, Philip looks like a guy who can uh, translate goal scoring. The other thing I'd say, though, is he also is a guy who uh, does more than that. He wants the puck on his stick as a winger enough, not maybe to the, to the same level as a guy like uh, Patrick Kane or, or Johnny Gaudreau that I coached at the World Championships, but you want those wingers that want to also control the play a little bit, um, not just wingers that are totally reliant on centers. And he looks like a guy that can control the puck, looks like a guy that can make a play, uh, but certainly also looks like a guy that, that can score. And, and those are three things we need. We need elite players, and, and it, the quicker he can become an elite player for us, the better. Uh, you still got to come prove it, um, but we're excited about it. If Rasmussen makes the team, he has to be on the power play, right? Well, I don't see how you have uh, Michael on the team without having him on the power play because if he makes the team, he's probably making it in, in part because of how good he is on the power play. You know, his his power play uh, play is as good as anybody uh, I've seen at net front. Uh, he's really studied a lot of guys around the league. You know, I sat down, had lunch with him in the spring. I said, who do you watch? And he said, Anze Kopitar is a big center. But then he said, you know, I watch Anders Lee. I watch Simmons. I watch all the net front guys. I watch Van Riemsdyk. And, um, and he's, he's really, really good around the net. Uh, uh, has fine ways to uh, present his stick for tips, has excellent eye-hand coordination. So I see him as a guy who could help, you know, a power play that hasn't been good enough for two years. Perhaps the biggest question going into the camp, and this is, I promise, Jeff, the final question, um, is the, the health of Captain Henrik Zetterberg, only 40 points away for 1,000 in a Red Wing uniform as far as career points. Uh, I know that's not his motivation, but I know that would be a nice milestone for him to get. Is this a fair assessment? He'll come, he'll do his physical, then you, Kenny, and, and Z will sit down and probably figure out where this at because it is an unknown. I don't think anybody can definitively say whether he's going to play or not. Yeah, you know, I've said this publicly already. I mean, I think there's lots of doubt based on the fact he, he's, he hasn't reacted well when I've talked to him to training this summer's back, has not reacted well. He was able to gut through two months last year. Uh, but gutting through two months and gutting through a whole season is two different things. You know, he didn't practice the whole second half of last year, uh, wasn't able to really train the whole second half of last year. But now when you advance that and you're trying to do that uh, uh, for, a, for a full season, boy, that's a real difficult thing, especially if you haven't been able to train in the uh, in, in the off season. So he'll come to camp, he'll take his physical, and we'll see where everything's at. I'll be told whether he's available or not available. Um, and then and then I'll coach the guys that are available. And, and uh, you know, I've got unreal respect for Hank. I know he'll do everything he can to, put himself in position to be ready, but if he can't do it, he can't do it. Have you felt the excitement once the Red, Red Wings had a couple of good drafts? Mm -hmm. I mean, I know two years ago people didn't think so, but these guys have really come on, especially Rasmussen, but I'm just kind of curious, are you are you really looking forward to this? I mean, you're going to get an influx of young talent plus the veterans that you have, signing Jonathan Bernier, Jimmy and Nat, Jimmy probably going to stay healthy, he looks great, you know, he's dropped some weight, I mean, this, so this is, uh, you know, you lose 27 one-goal games last year, which I keep bringing up, and I'm glad you're not slugging me right now. But uh, seeing that, I mean, certainly this team, if they can correct some of the deficiencies last year, can make a legitimate run at the playoffs. Well, I thought we played way better hockey last year than we did the year before. I think we transitioned a little bit of how we played. Um, I thought the hockey was much better. I thought we put ourselves in position, win lots of games. We didn't win enough games. I think we're, we're excited in a sense that there seems to be a lot of guys that, that are in position to take a step. You know, I still think there's another step for Dylan Larkin. I think there's a step for Mantha, for Anthony Sioux. You know, this will be Bertuzzi's first full year. I think he's looked excellent. Uh, we got these young guys, a whole bunch of young guys after drafting the last couple of years. 
players that look like they're ready to take a step. So let's see. You know, uh, we need them to take that step. If they take that step, we're going to be in a way better position than we were a year ago. If they don't take that step, we won't be. I think long term, the Red Wings are in a good spot. I think long term, we've got a lot of players that are going to grow into really good NHL players and maybe great NHL players. I hope it's right away at the, at the beginning of the season this year. You know, I don't usually make pred uh, predictions, but I am going to tell you this, and I'm making it publicly on Facebook Live and then on the Red and White Authority. I think Anthony Mantha, who I call Big Tony, mm -hmm. Big Tony at least 35, if not 40 goals this year. Oh, that's music to my ears. I hope so. He's got the ability to do it for sure. I know he's trained real hard. I went out and met with him this summer. He's trained real hard. So he's certainly got the ability to do it. Let's uh, let's hopefully he can come in and execute that. And he took some boxing lessons too. No, he worked hard. He worked hard for sure. So, so yeah. It's always great to hear from Red Wing coach Jeff Blaschel, and I think you can tell that he's really looking forward to the beginning of training camp and the prospects turning for Matt Matter to see some of the young uh, uh, Red Wing uh, prospects and see if they can crack the Red Wings lineup this year. And he was also looking forward to being a coach at the Stars and Stripes Showdown, uh, which happened at uh, the USA Hockey Arena in Plymouth on the uh, 26th of this month uh, to uh, benefit uh, Jim Johansson, uh, the uh, head of USA Hockey, who uh, died suddenly earlier this year. Uh, up next, we talk to Chris Draper, the assistant to the general manager, four-time Stanley Cup champion. And uh, Drape talks a little bit, kind of reminisces a little bit about the uh, grind line and also that he's looking forward to the start of training camp and believes that several Red Wing prospects uh, have a shot at making the Red Wings lineup. At least he hopes so. And he also addresses the status of Captain Henrik Zetterberg. Let's listen to Drape's. Hey everybody on Facebook Live, Art Regner here again, and we're talking to the assistant to the general manager, the uh, the, the man who came up with the name Grindline, and Joe Koster approved it, uh, Chris Draper. Chris, uh, great to see you as always. Uh, this is uh, uh, a great event. I know you're out here as often as you can be. Uh, t ten years, just talk about this and, and how much fun it is and, and how Joey really for being like a bruise brother is is yeah. maybe one of the kindest men around yeah well obviously uh when you get the call from joe coaster to come and help out for this charity event uh first of all it's a lot of fun uh you love getting out there i thought you actually wanted to talk about the double play that i turned but obviously uh, i don't really watch the oh game. okay yeah well i'll tell you about it anyways okay. but no. <laughs> well, let's, well, let's hear about it but it's uh you know he's uh you know not only i mean for for when we played together you know unbelievable teammate and obviously when that happens you create you know a special friendship and and obviously that's uh you know why why i'm out here anytime he calls to be able to help but the only reason why i haven't played here is if i've been you know out of town and can't make it but uh uh, the last, I think, three or four years I've been here, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, enjoy it, and uh, I think it's a great mix. You see a lot of the Detroit Red Wing alumni that comes out, and then uh, I think it's fantastic that the current players come out and, and help a guy like Joe Coaster, who's obviously done so much for, for the community and certainly for the Red Wings. You know, I know I've asked you this in the past, but you say Grindline in Detroit, and everybody <laughs> knows exactly what, what we're talking about. I mean, it is pretty amazing, even though the Red Wings, especially the Red Wing teams you were on, I don't think they're, you rolled four lines. I don't think there was a definitive fourth line. I yeah. mean, the Grindliners were, uh, were, were were right up there. But, I mean, it is pretty, pretty remarkable that the, what you guys accomplished as the Grindliners. Yeah, um, and obviously, you know, honored to do it too you know it's uh you know even coming out here you see some pictures of you know game one of of the stanley cup finals in 97 and and the line that 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 scotty chose to start was 
myself, Mac, and Maltz. You know, you see that picture, you can, you know, you, we're, we're pretty nervous. <laughs> you know, being uh, starting, obviously, opening lineup, uh, game one in Philadelphia uh, in the 97 Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, you know, so it, we, we, we have a lot of great memories, you know, a lot of great memories uh, together. Uh, and, and like I said, created some unreal friendships that we've had. But, you know, for that line, it, it just kind of, it clicked. You know, sometimes you put three guys together and, and obviously, you know, we, we had the fourth. Um, you know, it's uh, some people laugh like no wonder you guys were so good. You had four guys on the line, you know. So uh, you know, kind of funny when they start talking about that. But you know, for us, um, we knew what our role was. We obviously embraced it. Um, you know, for Maltz and I, you know, kind of, you know, Joey and Mac obviously opened up a lot of room for us. They did. They, they protected us uh, all the time. Uh, you know, which allowed us to kind of play on that edge, which was, uh, I think, important to our hockey club. Well, certainly. I mean, uh, you know, obviously, you, you guys could do it all. I mean, not only were you great agitators, but you could also put the puck in the net and, and scored some big goals. Each and every one of you yeah. during your Red Wing career scored uh, a significant goal in Red Wing history. Yeah, uh, you know what was pretty cool? And I actually just, I, I saw it on social media. They had all the all the goals in the 97 run and the 98 run. And uh, Joey actually sent me a text. He's like, uh, he goes, did you see that? And I was like, I watched, I watched it all. Like my son and I sat down, and obviously when I scored, I was like, well, we better rewind that a little bit. Uh, but you know, it, it, we, we were fortunate. You know, Scotty obviously believed in, in our group, and and we were, we were able to contribute with some big goals offensively, and that's something that uh, certainly means a lot to, to us and to, and to our, our teammates. But um, you know, it, it it was fun. We knew what our role was. Obviously, like I said, we embraced it, but we also felt. You know, on, on given nights that we could chip in offensively, and uh, fortunately we were able to do that. And when you're able to be uh, a trusted line and contribute in the offensive zone, you know what, things that uh, you get a little bit more ice time, and that's exactly what we're able to do. But like you said, I mean, when you look at the series against Philly, um, obviously Mald scored the shorthanded goal in, in game one. Uh, Joey scored a huge goal in right. game two, backhand shelf, I saw that. And if you look, if you look, I am wide open open up like this on my forehand and Joey totally, totally goes the other way and goes backhand shelf. It was, uh, it was an unbelievable move on him, but I was sitting back door pretty and yelling and I saw it again and we always laugh at that one. He usually has a decoy though, right? A hundred percent, yes, yeah. Well, one of the biggest ever. Chris, uh, looking at the, uh, you know, Darren's written at least one book that, you know, uh, the Bruce Brothers, Joey and the late great Bob Probert wrote a book together. Will the grind line ever sit down? And you guys, because the behind the scenes, that is a remarkable story and that is a hockey story, a pure hockey story, but it's also a sports story, which I think people would read all over the country, quite frankly. Are you asking to write our uh, yeah, yeah, Yes, I am. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> you know what? You uh, kind of gave me chills when you said that. You know, I've obviously I, I've never thought of that. Um, you know, why not? Why don't we uh, see if uh, talk to to Mac Maltz and, uh, and Joey Joe, all and, and four of you if, together? Uh, yeah, it would be see remarkable. If it's something uh, you know that they all want to do, and uh, yeah, it would be fun. You know, because obviously, uh, you know, when you said it's it's obviously it's uh, you know with the way. You know, Detroit hockey fans are. They obviously they they kind of embrace the way we played the game. And when you have, you know, obviously some of the toughest players and Darren McCarty and Joe Coaster that that have played our game. And you know, and then uh, you know, Maltz and I obviously we had we had a role and we had an element to fill. And I think we did that very well. And like I said, the line just clicked. So maybe there is. So you might be onto something, Mark. Great. You might be onto something. All right, I have to ask you a few hockey questions right, right. now. All right. So let's. Uh, I mean. 
we, we talked before the draft, yep. and you know that I was like maybe Philip Zanina's biggest fan in the United States. Yep. Uh, when he fell to six, please be honest, Chris, and I know you always are. Uh, how did Ken Holland and you not do somersaults up to that table when <laughs> you were going to draft him? Um, you know, it, it's it, obviously, I mean, behind the scenes you start hearing some things and uh, it actually kind of sounded like, you know, there was, you know, there was a there, there was a, an opportunity that he might be there at six. You know, we, and we're not getting caught up in that. We were just basically kind of playing it cool. We're just going to wait and see what, what was going to happen. We knew uh, Ottawa and Arizona obviously controlled the, the direction that <laughs> right, we were right. going to go. Um, you know, and they obviously selected, you know, two, two, two great hockey players, two great prospects that they selected. But for us, um, you know, we, we had a lot of looks at, uh, at Zanina. Probably uh, his coming out party was World Juniors uh, in Buffalo. Right, was, yep. uh, you know, it was, it was impressive. Not how many goals he scored, but, but how he scored the goals. And obviously we, we loved the compete. We loved how competitive he was to score. He's just a pure goal scorer that wants to score. He has that mentality, basically a mentality that you can't really teach. And that's something to me is, uh, is that we watch. And I think, uh, you know, everyone in, at our development camp that we had at Belfort, Little Caesars Arena, you know, saw some of the stuff that he could do. And I think there's a lot of excitement, obviously, with him coming into training camp, coming up to the prospect tournament. But for us, we want, you know, going into the prospect tournament is probably going to be, actually, it will be the most competitive, you know, four games that he's played to date. And, you know, we want, uh, we're expecting big things from, from him, from Rasmussen, from Chalowski, from Giovanni Smith. We want... We want those guys to put a show on for uh, not only for for management, our scouting staff, but also for the fans up there. And we're looking forward to it. I want to get back to Z Zadina real quickly. He has the release, he has the shot, it's accurate, and he finds his he makes his own ice, he makes yep. his own space. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Blaschel just told me that he thought that it's great, and you know, but now he's going to be shooting on NHL goaltenders, but. It seems that he has the talent. Is that going to be the biggest adjustment for him? Is is to learn how NHL goaltenders play? It, well, does that make sense? Everything, you know, how NHL D-men defend. Right. Uh, the, the, the 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 back pressure coming back. The, the time and space is not what he saw, obviously in Halifax and even at the World Juniors. Um, you know, this it, it's tight. It's hard. And then. And, and if you're a goal scorer at the NHL level, that means obviously you're, you're elite. And you know that's uh, we don't want to put any extra pressure on uh, on Zadina. He knows uh, he's coming in. He's putting expectations on himself. He wants to obviously he's made it clear he wants to make our hockey club. But the one thing you realize the time and space that you get, not a lot. You know there's not a lot. So it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment for him. But when you have the shooting mentality and the scoring mentality that he has, we know he's going to adjust. And it's just a matter of how fast is he going to do that. And we'll just you will sit back and watch. And in the end. We want to make the best decision for obviously Zadina, not this year, but for 15 years, right. and for our hockey club going forward as well. That's the most important thing for us is uh, is Philip Zadina and making sure he's in the best environment to put himself to be successful and and obviously have you know a, a real long successful NHL career. Fair assessment, uh, Rasmussen and also uh, Haranik. Uh it's their jobs to lose on the big club this year, or am I, you know, as, again, overly optimistic? Um, well, we're, we are too, you know. <laughs> I think, uh, obviously, Ras was out in, um, in Kamloops, uh, you know, at the, uh, the U-20 camp with uh, Canada, U.S., Finland, Sweden, had a great showing. Uh, Ken Holland was out there 
watching Wash uh, obviously saw some of it on TV and uh, you know when, when you have a, a guy that's six foot five and can do some of the things that he can do and the way he scores the goals that's that's the impressive thing I talked to uh, the coach of, of Team Canada um, after after that tournament and uh, he had he was very complimentary of the way uh, Ras played the game and um, you know the expectations are he's gonna he's obviously gonna gonna make a run for uh, for the for the Detroit Red Wings and that's what we need that's what we want we want these young guys to push we want them to start challenging you know uh, our veteran core and making some of the players you know a little uncomfortable that's the way it goes I mean that's uh, you know I had uh, I had young guys push me out you know and young guys right. push out you know Kirk Mulpey and you go down the list of uh, you know that's that that's how it happens it's the changing of the guard and you saw Pavin Z do it to some of the greatest players in the world and now we need some of these young guys to step up and I know obviously the one guy that's real excited and, and can't wait to get going is Dylan Larkin uh, you know he's uh, we know that he's taking this hockey club over uh, and, and who else you know kind of handing the reins to him it's uh, it's a terrific young hockey player and a guy that's very passionate towards the game and we're excited uh, getting Dylan Larkin obviously locked up for for the next five years and and he's said it and we've said it we want him to be a Red Wing for life well I think you know and I, I touched on with flash if you want to know what kind of guy Dylan Larkin is this thing that's happening tomorrow at the USA yeah, Hockey Arena yeah, where I'll be from, there well good well, yeah. <laughs> yeah I can't wait to watch it yeah I yeah. mean it's virtually every yeah. great American yeah. hockey player in yeah. the NHL is, is there and that's something that he spearheaded he yeah. started it and when it began you know in honor of Jim Johansson you yep. know who tragically died suddenly yep. uh that's that's all you need to know about yeah. him. He was 21 when he, you know, when he know. was kind of the guy that got it going. Yeah, um, obviously, uh, you know, a unique, a unique person Dylan Larkin is, and uh, you know that's something that we loved when uh, we were watching him play. Just the character that that he had. You know, to me, he's just uh, the reason why he gets better is because uh, he has the passion for the game of hockey. And if you if you have the skill set that he has. And he, um, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to watching this. This is going to be, uh, you know, a, a, a high-end uh, skill show. Uh, you know, I'm bringing all, you know, Little Caesars O2, my son and his teammates. They can't wait to come up there. So it's going to be a fun day. Right. And one final question. And this is maybe the biggest question mark heading into camp. It's not so much if some of these youngsters are going to push and make the team. It's the health of Henrik Zetterberg, yeah. the captain. Uh, yeah, I, he's going to come, he's going to do his physical, probably sit down and decide where he goes. Uh, 40 points away from 1,000, maybe I'm obsessed with it. I don't know if he's obsessed with him getting 1,000 career points yet. Uh, kind of any update? Are you are you trying to remain optimistic, or should Red Wing fans prepare themselves for maybe some bad news? Yeah, um, I would probably say the latter. Unfortunately, uh, I've been in contact with Z throughout most of the summer, and you know, Z uh, he's a he's he's the type of athlete that knows how he has to train and what he needs to do to get ready. Um, you know, obviously he has done that over the last three four summers, and uh, you know it, it hasn't been it hasn't been as good. Uh, a summer as as he certainly wanted. Uh, he's planning on coming back. I think the end of the month, uh, and then from there, you know, we'll uh, obviously reassess and see where he's at. But uh, you know, right now, um, you know, we're we're in a wait and see mode as well too. I know Ken's been in contact with him, and uh, I know he's uh, he's publicly said some stuff, and Blash has as well. And 
right now, uh, you know, our, do, do we want Henrik Zetterberg to be ready for opening night? Absolutely. It means so much to this group on and off the ice. But uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's been beat up and everything that he's done. So we'll wait and see. I guess that must be the yeah, buzzer. Yeah, yeah, you're I done. Got, I got to wrap up. All right. We conclude this edition of the Red and White Authority talking to uh, former Red Wing broadcast legend, Detroit icon, uh, Mickey Redmond, who is real honest in his assessment of uh, where he thinks the Red Wing organization is at at this time. And also he reminisces a, a little bit about being traded from the Canadians to the Red Wings and uh, how well it's turned out for him. Here he is, the one and only, the Mick, Mickey Redmond. You're the, you're the star, Mick. <laughs> yeah. Are we ready, Andrew? Good. Well, at, least I, at least I know they're on me. It's the ones that you don't know that are on you. <laughs> All right. Hey, everyone. Art Regner again. Carly Johnson from uh, DetroitRedWings.com. And we're here with uh, with Mickey Redmond. We're doing Facebook Live. Dan Manis, the man behind the camera as well. We're, uh, Mickey, Mickey, you're a star. You know, you, the whole gang. Yeah. The, the whole gang is here. And we got Carhartt. We got we got Carhartt with us today too. God bless him. Huh? We're all working. It's we got Carhartt working. What can we do? Yeah, yeah. You know, this is the tenth anniversary of Joey's softball thing. I know you're here each and every year. Yeah. Uh, this event is really. It, it, what's great about it, I think, is is that Joey is just such a great guy and is always giving back to the community. Well, I think it's uh, it's really gotten a life of its own the last four or five years. A lot of good support from the community, uh, corporate support, which is really valuable and needed for all those great causes out there and as you guys know you know in Michigan and Detroit area there's there's a lot of need for a lot of things and a lot of people and uh, those of us that are connected with the Red Wings both the big club and the alumni we do as much as we can to, to, to get out and get involved as much as, as possible right well I know that uh, the Red Wing Alumni Association you know during the and the season's long let's be honest and uh, you know you're always whenever you can play a game you're there well I don't I love to play. If, if the body will go, you know, sometimes the heart says go and the legs say no, but uh, I, I just love to get on the ice. It's really great, especially to chase the kids around, get great exercise, hack them and whack them a little bit, and try to try to help them understand the game like old-time hockey. It's always good for that. So, uh, yeah, as much as I can get out, people will say to me, you know, it's really great. You guys from the alumni come out. It's so wonderful. And I go, you have no idea what it does for us inside our hearts to be able to put smiles on faces especially little boys and girls, and to help out where it's needed is priceless, and it's so valuable for us to be able to do that. We're fortunate and blessed to be in a position to do it. Mickey, I, I've never really asked you this question before. Here we go. But, and and I've talked to you over the years, you know, and, 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 you know, and I, unfortunately I'm not in a tie today. I know I have to, I should be in a tie. It's a little inside joke between Mick and myself. But, uh, and your mother. And my mother, right. Yes, right. Yes. She was very upset when I was on TV one time with Mickey and I was not wearing both a our tie. Mother, both our mothers are upstairs looking down right now saying, you boys are fine. You're just fine. You're looking good. Nope. Okay, good. Even without a tie today, you're good. I hope so. I really do hope so. So, uh, when you were traded from the Canadians to the Red Wings, did you ever imagine that you would become an iconic figure here in Detroit? Because you are. No, there's no. Dino is everywhere. That, who is that? It was Cicerelli. Oh, Cicerelli, Chico, Chico and the man. He's a beautiful thing. That's the best kiss I've had today. You know, uh, I don't know how to how to. To answer that that statement, that question, um, the hockey world, Michigan, Detroit, um, this whole thing with broadcasting was an accident for me in 1979 after my back injury. 
and uh, it was crazy. The microphones were in front of my face, and people, I had to learn on my own. Um, went to the big club with, uh, you know, Hockey Night in Canada for five years and decided to come back with, with, uh, with the Red Wings full-time after starting in 79. It's taken on a life of its own, and uh, I absolutely love what I do, and I, as I said to somebody earlier, hopefully it shows, and they said it does. Um, I get to act up on television uh, like, like a lot of fans w would like to do, and I guess I kind of feel like I, I represent the hockey fan out there, the Red Wing fan, and I get to scream and yell and get crazy and be a little Irish once in a while, and Keep the language good, and it's all good. It's uh, the great game of hockey is always the great game of hockey. Uh, a couple of quick Red Wing questions because people want to obviously get your opinion. You know, the Phillips Adina falls to him at six. He was very impressive in development camp. Seems to be a goal scorer. Uh, people are excited about this Red Wing team, even though they know that they're still in a retooling effort. How do you view this upcoming season? Well, I think that they're they're. They're, I hope and I think they are going to give Zadina a full-blown chance to be on this hockey club. It looks like, from what I saw him in the prospects camp in July downtown, that he's got a natural ability to know where to go and to finish. It's hard to teach that. I know he's only 18, he'll be 19 in November. But I think uh, we, our fans, when I'm out and about now, uh, Red Wing fans are excited about that possibility. Rasmussen being the big kid 6'6 at center and so on. I think that the influx of young guys is just going to add to to what we're building here, and uh, we we probably should have started building a few years earlier. They'll admit that now, but you know what? We're in the middle of it, and uh, a couple of pieces here and there, and we're going to be back where we belong. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you because you know, obviously, you had your career ended prematurely because of a back injury. By all accounts, from everyone we've talked to, it looks like the captain of the team, number 40, might be done as well with a back yep. injury. What would the loss of Zetterberg mean to this club? Well, you don't replace what, what he can bring probably more off the ice and on. Um, you know, the, the experience that, you, that, that guys like him bring to young guys, they look around like Larkin and Mantha and, and Athanasio and these guys and to Kaiser who's here today, uh, and look around at, at Zetterberg and the way he handles himself, the way he works out, the way, the way he eats, the way he prepares, and then what he does on the ice. Even He's never been the quickest guy in the world. He skated sometimes like he looked like he was in sand, but you know what? He got the job done. It was an unbelievable career. And we would miss him dearly. I'm keeping my fingers crossed that he, we get one more year out of that old body of his. Uh, just to be able to say goodbye the right way. Right, no, you're right. Very important. He just, uh, yeah. It just ended then. It's just going to. But I get last it. game against the Islanders, boom, you know, that was the end of his career. I spoke to him that night after the game back in the Red Wing dressing room, and uh, I could see it had been a long year for him. Nobody knew it, but he hadn't practiced since December. So he was. Uh, he was getting treatments all over the place and, and he, he and I had surgery actually at a very similar time. I had my back done again for the second time and he had his done it was about five years ago now. And uh, so I know what he went through and I know what he's feeling and uh, I hope that he finds a way to muck it out one more time. It'd be nice to, like I said, say goodbye to him the proper way and uh, let's keep our fingers crossed. You know, they lost 27 one-goal games, and I promise, Mickey, this is the final question. <laughs> this is the final question. They've lost 27 one-goal games. They can somehow kind of turn that figure around a little bit. Are they on the cusp of the playoffs this season? I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that is. You can look at it that way. It's That's, that's keeping the glass half full, obviously. Right. Um, but there was a lot of things that need fixing. 
and 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 they're they, they're fully aware now of what they are. The power play needs to get fixed. That was just it's been horrible the last couple of years. It's been good in little stints, but overall that number needs to come up big time. And it's not always the number that you score; it's when you score, when you need them, and uh, that's really got to be big time. We need people to finish. Dylan Larkin. I hope Dylan takes a, another step offensively this year. He's got all the other tools. He's got to learn how to use that speed. Instead of fifth gear all the time, maybe third or fourth, catch guys sleeping, bang, he's gone. Yeah. That creates the opportunity, and then when he finishes, be a different hockey player. So uh, I like the kids that we've got. I like the drafts that we've gotten. And Red Wing fans, I think, are excited about that. Uh, it's a build, and uh, it's going to be fun. It's fun to watch the kids. Ricky, you know, it's always a pleasure, boy. Thanks for taking time out and talking to us. Hey, it's always great, Art. Yeah, thank you.